brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, with me right now is a longtime contributor to Alex Aguirre Podcasting. What, Jeff Mordock, like four or five years already from the Washington Times. And you've been moving up in the world. You're at the White House as a White House correspondent for the Washington Times. Uh, thank you for taking a bit of time of your schedule to join me today. No problem, Alex. It's always great to come on here and talk with you. So let's talk, because obviously many did not uh, like the outcome of last week's trial with Sussman, but you've been covering all of this, even Durham, way from way back when. So your knowledge of the, the Durham probe, your knowledge of Sussman, are you surprised? Is this a political move to set him free from all this? Or what are your thoughts? I was not surprised by the verdict. Um, there's a couple of reasons why. One is it's a D.C. jury. And D.C. juries tend to lean uh, left. They tend to favor uh, Democrats. We had a problem um, during, well, I'm sorry, the prosecutors, I meant to say, had a problem during jury pool selection because this involved a campaign lawyer for the Clinton campaign. And it just, juror, prospective jurors just kept coming over and over again with, I donate to the Clinton campaign. My husband worked for the 2008 presidential campaign. I went to college with Hillary. We had uh, one prospective juror say, uh, I will always side with Hillary in every case, in, in, in all circumstances. Like, I will always side with Hillary in, in all circumstances. We had um, another juror say that she hates the FBI because they dismantled the Black Panther movement. So, one, you have a jury that's not, um, that leans left. But that's not the only problem the prosecutors had. I didn't feel the prosecutors proved their case. Um, they did not have a lot of evidence directly tying him to the Clinton campaign, to his efforts with the FBI, to the Clinton campaign. They had two paper trails, but even then they weren't explicit. And you had to sort of make a leap of faith to uh, tie the meetings to the Clinton campaign. And to do that, it requires, you know, to do that, it, it's hard to overcome the burden of proof. Um, and that's kind of what I thought the uh, problem was for the prosecutors here. Well, you know, I'm surprised that something wasn't done after the admission by Robbie Mook, the campaign manager. Yeah, Hillary signed off on all of this. I mean, how is that not incriminating enough? 
we'll see what John Durham's up to. It's hard, you know, we don't know what John Durham is up to. So it's hard right now to figure out um, where to go with, with, with uh, in terms of the Clinton, if, if he's got anything further to do in terms of some of the stuff that came out in this trial. Um, to get back to whether or not that was incriminating of Sussman, um, you know, he was not on trial for taking things to the media. He was on trial for taking things to the FBI and allegedly lying to the FBI when he did that. Um, so to that end, you know, uh, Mook's claim is that Clinton took it to, that they took it to, took it to the media. Uh, that really didn't have anything to do with whether or not he did or did not lie to the FBI. And Mook also testified that, um, the, camp, the last thing the campaign wanted to do was take this to the FBI. They didn't want the FBI anywhere near it. They thought they could achieve their ends to the media. And that sort of undermines the prosecution's argument that this was a joint venture between Sussman, the Clinton campaign, and a tech executive to put anti-Trump uh, claims um, to the FBI so that they could then pitch the story that the FBI was investigating Trump. It's, uh, it's a wild, tangled web, but I got to ask you, you were tweeting so furiously in the courtroom. I was wondering, is it as furious as fast as Jeff's typing all this? Was it that crazy? It was. I mean, there were constant uh, things that happened that were worth noting, you know, just to try to get it out before there's time to write the story. I felt like there were a lot of bombshells that were dropped in the uh, during the trial. Um, one of the, you know, one of the things I thought was most interesting is former FBI agents talking about steps the FBI brass did to keep Sussman's identity from FBI agents. That points a very damning picture of the FBI and just how motivated the FBI seemed to be to uh, keep this Trump probe alive. Does this, um, uh, does this um, you know, almost prove the point that, January, that July 5th, 2016, when Comey said she did all this but didn't find any prosecutor, is that more of a lie that we were told by Comey? Does that make this more of that, more that of a lie? You know what I mean? Trying to say. I think now. I think I think you got to separate the two. Okay. I think you've got to separate what Comey said in July of 2016 from this trial. Um, I, I think you got to look at you know his press conference about Hillary has separate from this trial. Um, this trial is more about efforts of. Um, the Clinton campaign and others to go after the Trump campaign. You know, I feel like Barr and Trump, maybe more so Trump, was very stressed about and upset at Durham for delaying this. I mean, if he came out with this before the election, would that have swung things or no? I don't know that it would have swung things. Um, if we had the trial before the election, it may have made an impact because we did get some revelations in the trial. Um, just to have an indictment before the election, I don't know that that would have made much of a difference um, because there wasn't a whole heck of a lot in the indictment uh, that I think would have swayed people one way or another. I mean, for people's context, this started way back in the Sessions DOJ. Wasn't he the one that appointed him? Uh, Bill Barr's DOJ. But to your point, yes, this has been going on for three years and there's no end in sight. Uh, at the same time, Special Counsel Robert Mueller in last time indicted 34 people including seven Trump associates. Durham's been at this for three years. We have um, three indictments. One of those got acquitted. The other one pled guilty to a minor charge and got a couple months probation. So Durham's track record here 
you know, he really hasn't delivered what uh, President Trump and some of his associates promised that he would deliver on. Do you wish the media reported on this just about as long ago as you did? Because you were coming to me with stories about the Durham probe that, uh, that you know, were like groundbreaking. No one really heard about it before. Well, thanks. I, I appreciate that. It was interesting to me because during this trial, there were some high-level reporters. I, I won't get into names and outlets, but high-level reporters that were there covering it, but then they didn't have a story afterwards, which I found really interesting because it surprised me their outlet would send a reporter of that caliber to go there and sit there but not write a story when that reporter could actually be out there doing more productive things. I was somewhat surprised at the lack of attention the Sussman trial got. Uh, I'm not. I feel like the, they want to cover, they don't want to talk about this, but they are sure to talk about how five, you know, people have now been indicted with January 6th and rightfully so. I mean, those people should be indicted, yet you'd think for fair media, the other side would be reported as, as well. Uh, does the White House have any thoughts on any of this, even the Robbie Mook revelation? No, I mean, it's you know, the administration. I mean, there's a couple of, there's a handful of um, Clinton campaign people who have made their way into the Biden administration. But they mostly look at this as, well, this is a Hillary campaign issue. This doesn't impact us. This doesn't affect us. Forgive me, there's a, uh, sure. a truck walking past me. I'm leaving the White House as I talk to you on a truck. I apologize for that noise. Well, I'm glad that I'm catching you out of the White House. That's pretty cool to get you right on the grounds there as we talk about this. Yes, um, I, I, it's a great building to be in um, because you can't, as soon as you open the gates to go in, you can't help but be overwhelmed by the history and all the stuff that happened there. And not even just in the White House itself, but in the briefing room. I mean, there's so much history and so many things historically that have even just happened in the briefing room. It is somewhat... Um, awe-inspiring to to be there okay you know it's 50 years since watergate and um mm -hmm. i only realized that because i watched the series last night on cnn but you know i've i've been on this idea that washington hasn't changed since 50 years ago has it i feel like no lessons were learned from that well i wasn't here 50 years ago so uh i i, it's, I, I don't know that i can compare washington today to the washington of 50 years ago um, I wasn't even born 50 years ago, um, uh, so I, I, it's hard for me to speak about whether or not this town has changed all that much. But do you think something like what Hillary does equated to that, or is this a totally different thing? It's, it's not really a Watergate type of thing. Well, I think it should have gotten more press coverage. I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, I, 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 I'm not surprised that the mainstream media has ignored it. But there definitely should have been more more press coverage of um, of some of the things that went on from her campaign in, in 2016. You know, I mean, the whole Russia hoax, which undercut uh, President Trump's presidency for two years, um, you know, th that was personally approved by her, we learned through this trial. And I I'd like to believe that that would get a little more scrutiny than it has. Uh, Jim Mordock with us at the Times. What are you covering, though, today? Because I feel like the trial was days past what anything new and explosive in today's briefing that you could share with us uh no today's well i'll, I'll get into what i'm covering but no um the briefings are not have not been particularly um 
explosive um, since Corinne has replaced um, Jen Psaki because, um, you know, Corinne moves around the room even less than um, Jen Psaki did. One of the things you've got to understand is in the White House briefing room, the first three rows are the legacy media, the big outlets. That's where Fox News, CNN, um, MSNBC, USA Today, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Washington Post all sit. Um, then you get into the fourth row where I sit and then other outlets sit. Uh, Corinne does not move around the room. She does not really go past the third outlet, the third uh, row. On Friday, she didn't get past the second row. And that must say so, you're reporting back a little bit or you, you roll with it? Uh, you got to roll with it. You don't have another choice. But it sounds like so, you wish you would go further deep into the rows and, and talk to you guys. I, I agree with that. Well, you would think, but they know what the first three rows are going to ask. It's sort of the safe space for the press secretary. All right. I, I don't know if you've been following this or if the White I'm sure you have. I don't know if the White House is aware, but, you know, Ukraine's now lost 20% of its control to Russia, and that's a big deal. Are they talking about that at all? Are they talking about the rockets being sent to Ukraine, or is any of those discussions happening? There were very few questions in today's briefing about the Ukraine. Keep in mind, today's briefing started an hour and five minutes late, and then Corinne announced that she had a hard stop 40 minutes after she saw it, which makes it very hard for anybody to get a question in. They, they, you know, you announce that, and then you sort of zip through the briefing. Um, but there were no, there, I don't believe there was a question today about Ukraine during the briefing. There were questions about Saudi Arabia. There were questions about the Summit of Americas, which starts on uh, Wednesday uh, out in Los Angeles. There were questions about President Biden invoking the Defense Production Act to ramp up solar panels, uh, production of solar panels. Um, all of that was stuff that was asked about today, but there were not a lot of Ukraine questions during today's briefing. His speech on, I want to say Wednesday or Thursday night to America, did it have any value? Did he? Did you like the way he came off from that conference? Did you think he did a good job addressing the issue that we're facing, or, or did he miss the point? I feel in that briefing, it, I don't know what he sought to accomplish. Um, it wasn't particularly soothing to the American public, and it doesn't look like he's going to get what he wants out of Congress when Congress reaches an agreement if Congress reaches an agreement, I should say, on gun legislation. Um, so I'm not sure who that was to and who that was for. In fact, you have some uh, lawmakers up on the Hill asking Biden to sort of stay out of this and let them hammer out an agreement. So I, I, I don't entirely know what he's accomplishing, what he accomplished with that speech. I had no problem with him being on the beach. I feel like that was blown out of proportion. Like everybody deserves a moment away. But the fact that a drone or whatever, an aircraft invade their space, that's a little concerning. It is concerning. What we've been told is that um, there's a pilot, and I, I, he, I believe he missed the, um, the, he did not have the right, ra I believe he did not have the right radio channel on, and he did not know that he was flying into restricted airspace. And it was a um, it was an, an honest mistake from what we've heard from Secret Service uh, by this pilot. Um, that being said, it is disconcerting that a, a pilot was able to breach that airspace. 
but it does sound like Secret Service was on top of it and got him out of there quickly. It was never in any danger, um, which is good to know and, and good to hear. You, you don't ever want to see a president in danger. Well, it is being president in danger. The same week that happened, John Hinckley gets released, and I'm like, what are we watching right now? It's just all crazy to me. Yeah, I, you see that now. I mean, I think it's just a function of where we are in society when it comes to criminal justice, that we've moved, um, that we're more willing to cut sentences, we're more willing to spring people than we ever have before. And then we look around and we wonder why there were three mass shootings this weekend. Um, I, I think, you know, we've we got to be a little harder on crime and, and crack down on crime. I mean, I can't believe John Hinckley, it's one thing that he's released, but he's also been released unconditionally. Yeah, and he could do like a, a book signing. He's doing something in the city this month, which is really the, the yeah, bizarre he's doing the bizarre. A book signing? Well, Whatever, the bizarre of the bizarre, right? But this feels like this yeah, one. Yeah, I didn't interesting... even realize that. Well, you know what? Uh, you know, I guess now he's free to marry Jodie Foster after all. So, oh, hey, that that's actually kind of funny in a way. But you Thank know, you. I know you were the DOJ correspondent, so <laughs> a lot's been happening over there. Do you miss? that be i mean it seems like garland's going after regular everyday americans right now i don't know how closely you're covering it but you were the doj that is a great question um i, I appreciate that question because it's a great question that not a lot of people ask uh it is people don't realize that you know different beats here in washington how different they really can be um i miss the justice department beat because i think it adds a lot of what everyday americans are going through in, such as high crime, the murder rate, um, things that they were going after, like when the Justice Department was uh, looking into parents who were critical at school board hearings. Uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff at Justice Department, and you can sort of um, really get into it and explore it and show the American people how this department that they rarely think of and don't pay that much attention to is impacting their lives every day. Um, and how closely does he and, uh, and and Garland work together? Like, does Biden and him, do they speak sometimes? Do they talk to each other? Like, is there... Yes, they speak sometimes. They they talk to each other. Um, they, you know, consult. Um, Merrick Garland has been at the White House uh, quite a bit to talk about things. Um, there was a... Um, when uh, President Biden announced his ghost gun policy... Uh, Merrick Garland was at the White House to announce um, to, to 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 be part of that announcement. Well, that I guess that's comforting that they work hand in hand, but only if it, it gets the job done the right way for the American people. Now, uh, you know, Evaldi happened and Biden went down there. I heard was he getting grilled by people down there? I thought I heard that he was heckled or something by parents. Well, he was booed by some people down there. Um, I think that that's just a function of being president. You're going to get booed by people wherever you go. I, I don't, you know, I, I would see all these stories with, with President Biden and President Trump that they went somewhere and they got booed. And I think it's just to some degree the nature of the job. I mean, people are going to dislike, half the people are going to dislike you regardless of what you do. It's just a function of, of how the job is. I, I don't give a lot of credence when the president goes somewhere and gets booed by the public. I think it's almost something to be expected. I've I've got this idea in my head because he always talks about how he wants Congress to do this, that, and the other. 
But couldn't he easily do executive power? I feel like he still has that if he needed it. He needed to do something. Well, he can do it through executive power, and he's doing a lot through executive power. The problem with executive power is it's not permanent. Once a Republican comes in, he can do whatever he wants with executive power. So right now we're probably, you know, we're about halfway through the Biden administration. Uh, people don't realize the time it takes between signing an executive order and when things actually start to get ramped up. So what's going to happen is, you know, maybe the president gets reelected, maybe he decides not to run, and maybe a Democrat goes in, maybe a Republican one. We, we have no idea what's going to happen in 2024. But the risk you always run into with executive order is that somebody comes in from the opposite party, all they have to do is issue a floor of executive orders and end your executive orders, and then you really haven't affected any change or made a difference. Uh, why he wants to work with Congress is that that stuff becomes law, that becomes legislation, and it's very, very difficult for a Republican to come in and change policy or change uh, what was accomplished through that legislation. So that's why we really, that's why presidents, we don't, that's why they do it, but working with Congress is the preferable route. Has Schumer visited at all? Because I feel like he's now made this a political football saying we won't do anything until November elections. Like, what are you talking about, Senator Schumer? Well, yes, he's been to the White House. He's been there to talk to President Biden. You know, what they've talked about, we haven't gotten a lot of details yet, but they both have been to the White House to talk about this issue, among other issues. You weren't there when he was whisked away by the Easter Bunny, were you? I have to ask that. Since we haven't talked to uh, him. No, I, I actually was not. I was actually, um, actually on vacation that week, so I, I missed that. that was I a... saw the film of it, but I actually was not there for it. How about, how about the time when Obama was there and he looked so lost. I don't know. Those pictures are unbelievable, but I have to imagine as a correspondent, were you in the room for that? I was. And the way I took that was that the it seemed to me a reflection of the president's popularity. That, you know, you see the same poll approval numbers that I do, and they're disastrous right now. Um, and, you know, President Obama left as a pretty popular president. Um, you know, he's still gets favorable remarks, even in hindsight, now that we're, what, about six, six, seven years in his presidency. And I think it was just a reflection that President, President Obama remains popular while President Biden does not. I, that, that's how I view that. The Washington Examiner, I mean, I know that you're sort of competitors, but they mentioned how this this pressure is on Biden to actually do a Q&A session. Jeff Mordock, when was the last time you were able to ask the president a question? I've asked him a question when I've had pool and I've been part of the pool, but an actual sit-down Q&A, we've had one in this administration. It was back, I want to say, either late January, early February. Uh, even with that, with select, um, with select outlets, I actually did get picked for that. Um, and, um, you know, he did talk for an hour and a half to his credit. Uh, well, that was a small incursion speech, right? I think that was the, the small incursion speech. You're talking about. No, it was, it was a full press conference. It's his only full press conference that he has held um, since taking office. Well, you know, there was one time when someone asked about Manchin and he went off on them. Uh, is there a strain now? Can you notice that between Manchin, one of the leading, you know, veteran senators in the Democratic Party, and, and Biden? Well, the administration keeps downplaying that. And, you know, that question has been asked a bunch of times in the White House briefing room. The White House keeps downplaying that, but 
I've got to say, um, how can there not be? I mean, Nash has completely derailed the president's agenda and the president's goals. There's got to be some tension there. And, do, I mean, personally, do you think his voting the way he does has helped America? I mean, you don't have to wear your Washington Times hat to answer that question. I think uh, him voting, I think he votes the way he feels he needs to vote. Um, whether or not it's helped or hurt America is something we won't know. And, you know, it, it's hard to judge now in the moment, something we won't know until um, in, into the future. And we sort of see the impact of enacting or not enacting some of President Biden's policies. You know, I'm just thinking in Washington, if you didn't turn on the TV, you'd think it was peace and calm over there because it's not Trump. I mean, every day Trump was in the news for something. Biden barely gets in the news for anything, really, that he's struggling with. So the peace down in Washington feels eerie to me because it means nothing's really being reported on. Well, there's a couple reasons for that. Um, first and foremost, and I think this is an important point that nobody really talks about. The president had no public events today. When he does have public events, he takes very few questions. When he does have those events where he takes very few questions, they're incredibly scripted. Um, for example, when the president traditionally, if you look back historically, going back probably FDR, maybe Truman, when the president goes somewhere, it, it, it follows a familiar pattern. The president goes to a plant in Iowa, he then meets with workers at that plant and then gives a speech about an issue that is he wants the American people to know about that is somewhat tied to the plant he visits. That's an example of what a traditional presidential visit is, is like. Now, President Obama was one of the more personal presidents we've had um, in American history who, who seemed to be able to connect with the American people. So when he would go places... There was a little more meetings with uh, the people. There's a little more effort to reach out and talk to the people one-on-one. -on -one, and a lot of that stuff was aired. Then when the Trump came in, Trump turned all that on, on its head and didn't want to do the traditional stuff and also met with people or had a different type of event. And he also did not follow the script of these events. Now you have Biden going back to these events, which again, it you know, trying to revive the tradition of, President goes somewhere, president takes a tour, president gives a speech, president goes home. And you don't get anything out of that. And to the point that nobody's covering that. Um, the last tour he went to, uh, and I, I forget, I'm blanking on where it was, it Iowa or Michigan or maybe even Alabama. Uh, I apologize for not remembering. No CNN, way. Fox News, they didn't even cover that. Um, so I think it's a question of what are we going to get out of it? I, I don't know. And, you know, as you're talking about all this, uh, Jeff, it's, um, oh, the other thing about him is just that he snaps a lot. So you just mentioned Trump. Trump was known to call the media fake news all this. But Biden also has had his run-ins with the media. And I don't know if he's, a, if he's had a run-in with you yet, but this temperament has to be evaluated, no? Well, he does. I think what it is with President Biden is I think he's trying to be playful and it just comes across as awkward and falls flat. I think he's trying to, I think there's two things going on. I think on some cases, um, he snapped last year at CNN's Caitlin Collins. And I'm, I'm, off the top of my head, I don't remember what he said to her, but my impression was 
he was trying to come across as sort of playful and sort of hitting back, jokingly hit back. And mm. it just, it was supposed to be cow snapping in the locker room. And it just came across as awkward and flat. And then I think there's times where he's legitimately frustrated, like when he called Peter Ducey a stupid son of a bitch. I think then he just gets frustrated with the media and the fact that his, you know, his administration has just moved from crisis to crisis. Well, speaking of moving crisis to crisis, they also seem to walk back almost everything he says. And I don't remember that happening last year. Well, I shouldn't say that. I know the administration tried to clean up Trump's words, too. But this walking yeah. back is getting like an old, old, getting old right now, isn't it? And apparently he's very frustrated. And one of the things the administration has been trying to do lately, which doesn't work, is they've been trying to separate what he says from White House official policy. So they're now trying to pivot instead of walking it back. Cast it as this is the president. He is expressing his personal opinion, but that's not official White House policy. Well, when he says, you know, we don't want him in power anymore or whatever, it it, it sends alarm bells, doesn't it? It does. It absolutely does. And for a president who once hammered Donald Trump, uh, for him for um, not being careful with his words and saying, you know, the president, the words of a president matter, you do have to wonder why he isn't being more careful with his words. Is, uh, is Putin laughing at us, you think, with all this? I don't know. I, I would want to get inside his head. I don't, I don't know what he's thinking. I, I'd be hesitant to speculate on that. I just think he's probably feeling like he can do it. That's why sending rockets over there was a message. I hope it was a message to them. Hey, you think he ever could have gotten into Ukraine? Because, you know, uh, Biden wanted to go to Ukraine very badly, I heard. I don't know. I don't think it's a wise idea to send the president over there. Uh, it's a war zone. It's hard to control a war zone. There are so many variables you can't prepare for in a war zone. I, you know, I see the president take a lot of heat for not going to Ukraine. I, I don't know how much of that criticism is really fair. Um, there's just, you know, Secret Service can't guarantee his safety there. Uh, there's too much going on. I, I'd be very, very reluctant to send him uh, to a war zone, and I don't feel that he should be criticized for not going. And I'm still confused why Mitch McConnell went over there. Like, that was just kind of weird to me. I don't think Mitch McConnell should have gone over there either. But, you know, he did, and I, I you know, he, he came back okay. But I think it's it's too much of a risk. All right. So, you know, the president's also in, invoked the Production Act, Defense Act, uh, for baby formula. So is there an update you can give us before we wrap up for today? Production Act for baby formula, it, it raises the question of why this administration was so slow to react. We knew this was a problem back in April. I'm sorry, back in the fall. We knew this was a problem back in the early part of 2022 in February. Um, we knew this was a problem in April, and it seems like we really didn't get any action on this in early May. Um, you know, the administration seems to be blaming the president's staff for keeping them out of the loop, and you have to wonder why. All right, and, um, and blaming everything on... You know, there have been, you know, we're seeing more baby formula hit the shelves. I don't know if it's enough to meet demand, but we are seeing somewhat of an increase. If you could advise President Biden on one thing regarding inflation instead of stopping blaming everybody else but the situation in hand, what would it be? I would 
tell him to cut back on government spending. That's what's fueling inflation. He has these massive projects. Uh, they cost too much money. The federal government doesn't have the money for these projects and the spending he wants. And that's what's ramping up inflation. You cut back on spending, you will cut back on inflation. Well, I can hear your commuting, Jeff, and thanks for taking time. But I got to know, are you a Ranger fan this round? Because I know you're a Capitol fan, and they're I'm out of it. I'm not a Ranger fan. That being said, I do think they're going to take the Stanley Cup because you have to go with the hottest goalie, and they have the hottest goalie in the league. Right and now. maybe by the time I get to Washington, your Nationals will be sold by then. How about that? <laughs> I don't I know. I'm looking under my couch cushions right now to see if I have money to buy them because uh, I love going the Nationals. Bring Soto over here, all right? One of our teams could use him. I'll put it that way. Uh, I want him to stay here. I don't want Soto to leave. I know you don't. <laughs> I, I think that's fueling why the learners want to sell. I think the learners know they've got a real mess on their hands. You trade Soto, um, and you're going to be the most unpopular person in this town for decades to come. I will need Snyder in terms of your unpopularity. And by the way, you the... Soto, you're going to have to give him this massive contract, and you're not going to be able to afford to, you know, um, improve other areas of the team. You go into a situation like when the Rangers signed Alex Rodriguez in 2001, and the team was terrible because they had no money for anything else. It was bad. By the way, you just triggered uh, the thought about Snyder. You know, the MLB, uh, the NFL owners want him out of the, want him out. Like they voted to recommend him out or something like that. It's kind of interesting. But uh, Yeah, I saw that. I saw the headlines on that. I know our sports reporters are, are covering that one pretty well, so... Well, I love that Jeff Mordock of the Washington Times can go from talking about serious stuff with the president to sports in the New York Minute. So thank you, Jeff, for that flexibility there. No problem. Um, Alex, it's always great to come on here. I really appreciate always inviting me on here, and I hope we can talk again soon. 100%. Keep us updated on what's going on. Thank you, Jeff Mordock of the Washington Times. I'm Alex Garrett. We'll talk to you soon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.